everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Storm King's Teddy, Session 15. How you doing, Kat? Doing well. All right. How about uh, you? Oh, uh, pretty good. Um, Monday's not a work day for me right now, so I uh, did a whole lot of nothing. Perfect day. Um, so work go fast? No, not at all. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah, certainly it is. Yeah, um, I wish it would pick up some more, and I wouldn't uh, be in a state of I don't know what to do, and uh, I have nothing to do. Well, um, be careful what you wish for, because uh, then it'll get super busy, and you'll never get any time off. That's fair, but you know I welcome the busy. I'm I'm weird like that, and I would much rather be flooded with work than have idle hands it makes it go faster anyway absolutely all right uh we want to dive into session 15 last night sure let's go for it all right so uh we were down a player uh biscuit could not show up i think teddy said tech issues so uh, hopefully she gets those resolved and and is able to join us again next week um, and we had, uh, we did have everybody else. Um, first part of the session was RP. You want to talk about that some? Sure. Um, we were just picking up the pieces from where we last left off in the, um, the rail car of the brackets. Oh, yes. With brackets. I'm trying to think of the name of the rail car. Oh, it, it was, uh, the Maverick Maverick. I knew it started with an M, but I couldn't couldn't piece all the rest together um but yes um we were distributed the loot he was promised to us he was essentially cleansing his hands of um the two titanic relics um the clockwork relics i believe um yeah we got a little more information about those found out that there's six in the set that we're collecting so the two that we already had and then the two that he gave us so we've got four of the six now Yep. And we also uh, found out what that thing was supposed to be able to do. Yes. Um, it's a set called the Ori of Colsir. Yes, yeah. Ori of Colsir. Um, it's a device that can like briefly shape reality. Um, I think Teddy says it's akin to like a wish spell to where it can um essentially like it goes like goes back in time or something and undoes an event right so um, and that's what they built it for what was to undo a single event in history yes yeah and i think a lot of us were on the same page of the event that to undo an event would be the death of queen nary the giant queen that set everything in motion that is right now well see now that is definitely the event that i think that we as an adventuring party want to see undone uh, however, my guess is that is not the event that the giants want to see undone. They, okay. uh, my guess is they would go back much further and prevent their fall. Whether that okay. was to kill, uh, dragons or to, uh, not have, uh, Colseer split that moon or... Uh, I mean, to to my mind, that's why they would want it, is to go back and basically become a whole people again, and instead of um, now, like I said, from our perspective, we're just trying to stop this war. So going back and stopping the queen from dying would probably be what makes sense for us, anyway. You know, I want to say something really funny here. Uh, um, when we were told that this Ori could undo uh, one event in history, I heard Lars speak up, and I, for probably about a solid 30 seconds, was expecting Lars to speak up and say, well, like, they can undo the event of my birth. 
<laughs> why? I, I don't know why, <laughs> but that was the thought that just crossed my mind when I heard Lars speak up when they said that. <laughs> that's hilarious. And I was just just holding on to a little hope. I'm like, maybe that's what he's going to say, but he didn't say anything in the end. <laughs> but just some some little that's a, voice in my head was just kind like, of random thing to assign. <laughs> Don't, I don't know why my mind went there, but it was just, it felt like something that might come out of his mouth. I don't know why. Oh, man. Um, I See, if it was Lars, he'd go back and uh, maybe uh, erase a time that he got turned down or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, we uh, did a little bit of RP on the Maverick. And then uh, took off. Uh, we didn't do our long rest there. We left. Uh, as soon as we got back to the docks, we found that, um, oh, what's her name? Um, the Stormlord's daughter. The Dwelf. Uh, um, um. Uh, is it Branca or? No, it's... Um... Dagdra. Dagdra, Dagdra. Yeah, so found out. So she had been watching our captive, and people had showed up to release the captive. She got stabbed. We saved her. Stabbed and left for dead, essentially. Yeah. And uh, then all of us went back to spare parts um, and got our long rest and woke up fifth level. Yep. That was essentially our... um official official marking into granting us fifth level and all the um advantages that comes with it so uh fifth level um marks the end of the introductory arc story arc for storm king's thunder and that being the case uh teddy said he wanted to come on the podcast so i think that we're going to have a uh special podcast uh probably friday that seems to be the plan going forward right now and so get the dungeon master on and get uh his thoughts about uh where we are how well we're doing that sort of thing that being said, if anyone in our party has any questions they want us to relay, or um, if you're available, you can hop on as well, and we'll make sure. a big round table of it or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. But yeah, so any questions you want to ask, or concerns, or comments, or whatever, just you know, give us a message and we'll relay it. Because I'm pretty sure there's not much. If anything, on the agenda for Friday is just kind of like a hangout, talk about the campaign thus far, and see what's in the future for us. And by the end of yesterday's session, um, it's starting off with a bang. Yes, it is. All right. So uh, after we got up, we uh, just kind of haunted around the house, did a few errands, that sort of thing, but mostly just hung around and didn't do a whole lot of anything. Um, what, uh, we ended up having a meeting that afternoon slash early evening that Tabanay threw together, uh, talking about party roles. Um, we're still going to be, um, kind of crunching on that, I guess. Nothing really got set. Yeah. Um, I essentially took Teddy's idea or his suggestion about assigning party roles to the people, and I went with it. Um, reception was mixed, um, so what, those roles aren't going to be implemented right now. So for the time being, it was just a narrative suggestion rather than a gameplay or mechanical suggestion. Um, so nothing serious or game-breaking has changed. All right, and then let's see. Uh, Portia finished Lars's uh, fanny pack of holding. <laughs> um, that's a very interesting magic item. Um, and also, before we finished, uh, I think we had five or six days of pretty much uneventful activity. 
before anything happened. Um, at that point, uh, Porsche also finished Prue's rifle. Um, kind of yep. on a truncated timetable, I guess. Yep. Um, I won't go too much into it because um, it was like Teddy said it would be a montage throughout the week. But I, there are a couple points I do want to bring up. Um, we, you and I, went to go see the best Stormlord there is in town, um, Lady Omarin. And Porsche Test, um, myself, was selling the small and large um, platinum rods just to get some cash, I think, was her idea. Um, she kept the the larger ones, the big ones, for um, uh, restoring the orrery um, because it was she made like an uh, arcana check, I believe, and she rolled high enough to know that those platinum rods could be of use to rebuilding the orrery and having the set of titanic relics all in one place together again so the i i think they were supposed to be of use in building a housing for the right right yeah yeah that is correct okay so um seeing that i was being sent to lady omarin's i was thrilled and over the moon to go talk and see my favorite npc you accompanied me because you had um a secret agenda that got fulfilled um, not so much a secret, but I'm calling it a secret agenda. Yeah, um, and so, oh, go ahead. Um, and, okay. Um, so we got there and we were ushered into like a little holding area outside of her office. There was, I think it was a half elven, um, receptionist that was told us like, Hey, just sit here. She'll be with you in a moment. And, um, this is the part that I love is that Tabane is not very um, observant. She's kind of like aloof and, you know, not much, a lot goes past her head that she doesn't catch on unless you actually tell her. But because that's just the way she is. She's very one-track mind focused. Um, and But Teddy made you roll a perception check. Correct. Yep. And you rolled high enough to find out that there was commotion in her office. Commotion of, like, rustling and um, slight, like, banging or whatever. Banging is a good word for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It was, there was heavily implications of what was going on in the office. And then you kind of, like, elbowed me and it was like, hey, I think this is what's going on in the office. And I just went, like... Oh, okay. All right then. And then so we waited like 20 30 minutes and then finally um what's his face? Um her the the guy Lady Omarin is dating um uh Denith, Day Denith. I don't remember his first name, but Day Denith is his um the Dragon Marked house he's from. Correct. Yeah. Uh I don't remember the first name either. Uh, but yeah, he came out and he was in, I think it was full plate armor, half you plate, know, half plate armor, my bad. Um, but it was, Teddy described it as like business casual armor, which is something I aspire <laughs> like to have now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this isn't my armor. This is like my fancy armor. I'm like, okay, now I kind of want like an, an armory of just, oh, this is my, this is my town armor or this is my dinner armor and uh. this is my combat armor. You've been hanging around Lars too long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Um, But yeah, so he had like a business casual armor um, with a cape draped over a pauldron. And, you know, um, Teddy told me that as a soldier, like this guy put out like a very rugged, intimidating aura. Like he's got some battle scars that are well earned. You know, he's, he's not one to be messed with. And Teddy said that, like, if I was on opposing side of him, like, it would not go well for me. And you know what? I believe it. Uh, I feel like as a team, we're strong. But individually, I might hold my own in most cases. But if there was a big, bad, evil guy, whatever, I don't think I would do all that well in a 1v1. It was all I could do uh, when Teddy said that we had to wait for over a half hour. It was all I could do to not stand up and salute the second he came out. Really? 
Uh, uh, okay, but yeah, so we then she ushered us in, and um, Lady Omara ushered us in, and she was in a very good mood, like a very chipper, happy, like woo over the moon mood for implications that are obvious now. Once again, I are. think well, woo is the right way to say it. Yeah. So she offered us a drink and whatever. We had a drink, you know. Obviously, Dominic can't deny a drink. Um, that's kind of something that has developed that I didn't expect. And she, um, so she was like, hey, let's look at these platinum rods. Um, and we're like, okay, like, uh, Portia sent me over. She said she wanted like 480, 500 for these. And, you know, like, that's around the ballpark we're getting it. And, um, Teddy asked me to do a persuasion check, and I think later on Teddy said, "Is there a is there a name for double critting your rolls? Because you I rolled advantage. with advantage yeah. and crit both rolls. Yeah. Two twenties, two twenties. So it ended up being a twenty six. So in the end, she gave us um, a thousand gold pieces for it all." Um, whether or not she was lowballing us, I don't know. I think that was, I think it was more a genuine offer and that her little comment of, oh, thanks for the 5,000 platinum rods. And she only gave us a thousand, like super undercutting us. I think that was just like a, like a little nudge and like a cheeky comment. I don't think there was much more behind it. Could be wrong. Don't know. Um, probably should have made an insight check on it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, um, that ends the ended our uh or at least my um project or my i can't think of the right term for it right now my um your business with her business thank you so why don't you talk about your business with lady omari so keelan wanted to have a um a utility knife made and she wanted it to be something like a tool of quality so uh, she asked um, Lady Omarin if she could have this thing built and be involved with the building of it. Uh, she wanted a knife made out of mithril steel. And I had all the specifications for the size and everything, but the um, the tool of quality part is that um, it's so well made and so balanced for me that anytime that I'm doing anything not combat related, uh, that could reasonably require the use of a knife, like cooking, like surgery, uh, maybe fire starting, you know, anything that, um, non-combat related that could require a knife that I had to make a skill check for, I'll get advantage on those checks now. And it can also be used as a backup holy symbol because I have the symbol of the Church of the Silver Flame uh, on the pommel. So, um, yeah, it was just a, it's more or less an RP aid, not a, not probably something that's going to see a lot of actual use in, in combat or game. But, uh, um, yeah, all of my characters have always carried a knife of some kind. Uh, and so, um, this was just a, since I had taken up the job of cook, um, uh, I decided that I wanted to be able to get advantage on my roles. So that's the way I went and, uh, I had to borrow money from Tabanay to get it done. Yeah. You put up 200, it was like 500 in total. You put up 200 and I just sent you a DM. I'm like, Hey, I got like extra cash on hand that I'm not necessarily using. Um, I would like to in the future, but I'm kind of saving for like better armor and that can get expensive, but I'm like, Hey, this is something like we're, we're getting closer to one another. And I'm like, I'll just loan you the extra cash and just pay it all forward up front. Yeah. So appreciated that. And once we split up the group treasury, uh, I gave you 150 of that back, uh, still have, uh, 150 debt for you. Um, and we got the rest of, we got all of the, both temporary and permanent magic items doled, doled out. The plus two arrows went to mask, 
uh, along with a potion of gaseous form, a potion of healing, and the potion of storm giant strength, or, or uh, storm giant strength, that'd be nice, uh, frost giant strength. Um, and then all the rest, got, uh, I ended up with the, with the cloak that I'd been using, uh, plus a uh, vial of holy water and a potion of extra healing. I think you ended up with, oh, uh, I also had the thousand gold worth of diamonds foisted onto me to use for revivify for the party. Um, and let's see. Do you remember what you took out of it? Um, I think I got a potion of greater healing. Um, I took the potion of water breathing because if you have the cloak, I'm the other person in heavy armor. So I'm like, all right, well, if I'm trying to avoid the water, like the plague right now, but if I ever get pulled into the water, I have that, how it works. I don't know. I don't know if I drink it beforehand or if I can get like half benefit if I'm already underwater and I drink it. I don't know, but that's something to hopefully never come up. That's a question to ask. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, I think that's the only two things I got. I don't think there was much else for me to grab. Um, Lars ended up taking a lot of the stuff that nobody really had any uh, big particular attachment to because he has the fanny pack of holding. Um, Let's see. Uh, So that got done. And then... um, so this was probably one of my favorite things that happened all night. And that includes getting a really cool, uh, RP prop made <laughs> mask had the best idea. <laughs> so one of the things that we ended up taking out of, I, I think it was when we were on the ship fighting the tentacle monster, we ended up getting a journal with a lot of transactions for the black market and mask we were trying to decide who we could best profit selling that to and i think their comment was why not sell it to all of them <laughs> and i i just it just struck me as being not only funny but entirely brilliant so uh they were able to make a uh several more copies of this journal and we ended up selling two or three of them right three three in total because we we had to make sure how many copies were being made and how we were giving said copies because that affected the end roll or the the dc or whatever it affected what um role uh winifred had to make and winifred rolled pretty high because he he didn't have advantage, unfortunately, but he had guidance from you and he had a bardic inspiration from Lars. And at that point, everyone's just like, we're sitting here giving you all the support to roll as high as you can. Everybody's piling Teddy, on. Yeah, Teddy was <laughs> like, I'm giving, uh, Tavane's giving out temporary HPs, giving you a pep talk or whatever while you're talking. And it's just like, everyone is supporting him in this decision to roll as high as possible. Yeah, so that was really good. Um, when we, when we gave one of them to, it was Belmare, right? Yes. Um, we ended up getting 300 gold for that, which wasn't a lot, but, uh, they also paid off the balance of 750 on having the tortured turtle. Now the silver wind, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, fixed and remade and all that sort of thing. So the, the ship is complete. Um, one of the other sellings, I don't remember who that went to. We ended up getting, what was it? Uh, like 1600 or so. Yeah. Can I cut in real quick? Yeah, shoot. Um, the whole thing of forging the, the the ledger of black market transactions was mask wanted to give it to underlings of the storm lords and have like them in our pocket so to say instead of giving it to the storm lords directly 
um, because the two Stormlords in question were Curious Elf Shadra, and I believe the other one would be um, Wilkes, Jonas Wilkes, Jonas the Wilkes, one in charge yeah. of the harbor, mm-hmm. because them both of them would um, benefit the most directly from this knowledge. Um, so, but Mass didn't want to give it to Wilkes directly, so he was like, maybe I'll go to um, give it to a corrupt dock master instead and have them in our pocket, and he will give it to Wilkes in turn. Well, on our way there, we found Belmare, and we're like, okay, well, maybe we'll give it to Belmare instead. And with the with the assumption that Belmare would get a reputation boost with Wilkes and also being now fully loyal to our party and spare parts. And the third one went to Captain Trolleth, right? Yes. Um, we kept the, the, 16, the 1650 um, gold previously mentioned was from Kiris Shadra. Portia took Lars. And along with a bottle of booze and some cake, um, they, you know, had a talk over it. She, Kiris, was going to give us, uh, we'll give them, rather, uh, a thousand gold just for the ledger. But she said, you know, if Lars gives a pretty, uh, a lewd dance, um, she might pay a little bit extra. And um, the DC was 20, and our wonderful bard, rolled rolled in uh 18 with modifiers making it to or he rolled a 19 rather with modifiers making it a 29 in total so he crushed it and um we she gave um them the extra 650 um for the matters of morgan trellith um we didn't have prue with us um this session and prue would be the spearhead for giving it to her um so Teddy said, well, you know, like we'll say that transaction happened, but we'll play it out when Prue is back because all of us felt right that Prue wanted Prue had to be there to RP her concerns or sure or yeah, yeah what whatever. Just we all wanted Prue to be there to do the transaction. So we don't know what we got out of her quite yet. And the last of the uh, loot that got split up were all the novelties that <laughs> that uh, Mask had taken from the warehouse, and I got a, a voodoo doll of Yorick Amonitu. And I took the body tan lotion. Why? Oh, that's I right. don't know. Yeah, that's but right. it, I felt like I wanted to take it, so I did take it. And I think um, in chat, Winifred said he's he's taking the. The never miss arrows or whatever. Never miss archery set. Yeah. That yeah. Never, the never miss archery set. And I think <laughs> I think his plan is to to slide a hand those into enemy people's quivers or whatever. I think that's the direction he's going. Or he might just want them for personal reasons. I don't know. All right, and uh, that was pretty much the extent of the six days, wasn't it? Or did I miss something? No, because on day seven, well, rather night seven, that's when, that's when, uh, for lack of a better term, the Fire Nation attacked. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's right. So, um, this is, um, (laughs) this is, uh, something a little different for sure. We ended up, um, we were asleep in, the evening and there was a huge ruckus uh, outside and all of a sudden we start having uh, sounds of combat outside and it starts it starts raining men it starts raining giants ogres and Uh, just about any other kind of large creature you can think of uh, outside. There are three flying ships over the city, and they're just um, free-falling, jumping down into um, the streets. And then there's also ships coming in from the water. There is, uh, outside the walls, there's an attack going on, so Storm reaches under a serious assault. 
And by the time we got dressed, uh, everybody roused and outside, we were faced with uh, a lot of our allies like Bubba's um, and um, our resident dragon. We had um, the uh, the guy that we picked up that was doing security for uh, spare parts. We uh, there were just and a lot of guards. Also, uh, Captain Trowleth was out there. Uh, that becomes much more important in a minute. Um, and uh, so there are what were so we had ogres. There were dro attacking. There were um, some giants. Um, hill giants, right? I believe so. Yeah. And uh, what were the bolt throwers? Is that one of the? They were bolt throwers, but I don't know their race. Yeah, I don't either. Um, and then, <clears throat> like I said, there were droves streaming in from uh, one of the side alleys. So um, we rolled initiative. We started combat, and we got one round in. Um, so uh, one hell of a round. It was a hell of a round. Um, we did fairly well on damage our first round um Tabane couldn't quite close so uh ended up running towards combat but ended up having to use eldritch blast um i did spell slinging for the first time got a my third level spirit guardians off and spiritual weapon did some decent damage with spiritual weapon and spirit guardians um so lars did like 12 things um i he's he's able to do so much on his turns yeah i think Uh, he's supposed to i think he's not supposed to i think he can use an action a bonus and a reaction all in one turn yeah and and plus his movement so uh yes and movement yeah it seems like he's he's able to do an awful lot during his turns which is awesome um and then um so everybody pretty much got um, at least a little bit of damage in, but we were definitely losing. Um, a lot of the guards were going down, getting one shot. Um, Bubba's, uh, even when we very first started the combat, most of our allies were already down roughly half of their hit points. Yep. Um, I would like to also mention that um, one of the storm lords, Varen Lassite, was there as well. Um, I just want to mention it because you don't really expect seeing a storm lord kind of like in the midst of everything, um, or at least I wasn't expecting one him. Um, but yeah, so we we came out and a good majority of all of our allies were at half HP or below, and and then we came out through the front doors. And, you know, we had a couple turns of movement and actions. And like you said, the drow were coming in, streaming from the sides. And unfortunately, um, I believe, I don't, I think four of us got hit with a fireball, like right off the rip. It was either four of us or five of us. And one of us made our save. I don't remember which. Uh, Uh, So it was mask made the save, right? Yes, I think it was the four of us and Mask made his save. Yeah, that could be. I believe you and Prue were unaffected. I think you were just out of range. Oh, no, I got, I, I took the full oh, load. Oh, no, you did? Yeah, I took the full load. Oh, okay, then five of us got hit and Prue was out of range. And Mask was the only one to make the deck save. And we all got pretty fucked up by that fireball. 26 points like, of damage. Yeah. So, 13 if you made your save. And I did not. So it ate up all temp HP. It brought a good majority of us down past half. I'm like three HP above half. And this is when I got to use my, I, I didn't fully read it. I thought I could use it whenever. So it kind of was a wasted, but I don't think it was wasted. I think it was justified any nonetheless. But I used my channel divinity to um, turn the tide, is what it was called. And I got to people within 30 feet of me regain um, HP of a 1d6 plus 3, which is my charisma modifier. Um, 
and you know i just centered myself up i was used the arrow tool and i'm like okay you're 30 feet you're 30 feet you're 30 feet just about almost all of our allies are within 30 feet of me and i rolled that and you know it i think i got we all got about like seven hp which at fifth level isn't a lot but when you just eat in a fireball that can be very helpful yeah anything helps and so this is something that i wanted to spend just a couple of minutes on and that's the difference between turning the tide and um, what I can do as far as um, doing like a mass heal with my channel divinity. Um, so the way mine works is um, any anyone that I want to within, I think it's 30, might be 60 feet, I can put, I can heal up to five points per character level. So right now I've got 25 points of healing I can do. And I can split it up any way I want to. I can give this person one, this person six, so on and so forth. Um, the My limitation is that I cannot heal them past halfway. Yours reads differently, though. The way yours reads is... No one who has more than half of their hit points can be affected. But let's say that you have um, 40 hit points full and you're at 20. You can still be affected by that spell and it can take you up over half. It's just that the starting point can't be more than half. So those mechanics work very differently. And I thought that was interesting. Yep. And it was the first time I used it. I honestly was I'm surprised that it's like fifth level and the opening arc of the of the the module and it was the first time I used it. I was fully expecting it to use it like between levels one through three, but I just never did. Never came up. Granted I probably forgot I had it. Well and let's but. be honest, we probably didn't think that we were going to be under a, a full fledged assault inside the city either. We at least I assumed that my first encounter with a giant as an opponent would be outside the city walls. Yes. I mean, there might have been, we might have done some shenanigans in the Red Ring and we would have fought a giant there, but yes. I, I'm, but I mean, I'm like for serious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I was you. expecting a, a giant fight out when we like embarked on an adventure from Stormreach. Um, so, uh, after our first round of combat, um, so I've got, I've got a kind of a troll's choice to make. Die slow or die fast. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so when I cast my uh, Spirit Guardians, I'm over by the alleyway where the Drow are trying to stream through. And that really needs to be plugged because that's also where the fireball came from. Um, but here's the problem. We've lost a lot of our companions, allies, guards, all that sort of thing. If I am to save them, I have to abandon the alleyway and let the drow come through unimpeded and, uh, make it out into the middle of giant and ogre infested combat field and then use that channel divinity to get everybody back up on their feet. And I can do that. But then the drow come through. Or I can plug this gap and at least have the drow very seriously wounded by the time they come through. Uh, and maybe stave off the uh, spellcaster for another round if I stay where I'm at. And I have no idea what to do. Yeah, you're in a very precarious position. I I will say we have suffered a casualty, uh, turn one. Our dear friend, our loyal friend, the the fearless um fuck, what's his name? <laughs> uh, I don't think that's it. Uh, Patsky. Patsky. Yes, um, Patsky. Patsky went down uh, really early on. And I I kind of in the same sentiment as you is like I could probably go over and do like a point of lay on hands on him and bring him back to life but at the same time like I don't there's just 
it's overwhelming because there's there's so many HBTs that we just need to take care of, and there's we're being flooded from either side, and it just seems like like at this point, like I've been I've considered like casting Shield of Faith on Bubba's. <laughs> because I'm like, because he does so much damage. I'm like, you need to stay alive, my friend. Um, really, we ought no to be way. we ought to be augmenting Bubba's because Bubba's was doing a shit pile of damage. Yeah, so it was surprising. So it's like we can we can either save our resources for ourselves and our party, or we can expend resources for people we don't necessarily know i will like also the, say that if bubba bubba's was one of the uh ones that was down that i would be abandoning my <laughs> my alleyway without a second thought um but okay so this is kind of our conundrum right now uh we're we've taken some damage especially from that fireball uh our forces have taken a lot of damage but we've also chewed into them i think that we've killed off a couple of the ogres one of the giants, um, you know, we're, uh, uh, but, uh, we, we weren't doing quite so well until the biggest revelation of the night happened. And so the storm brewing overhead, it came to be Captain Trowleth's turn. And she said that basically enough of this and raised her sword was struck by a bolt of lightning and in a very power of Grayskull, or I guess honor of Grayskull in her case, um, moment, freaking became a storm giant. Huh? And waded into these folks and uh, killed an ogre, killed a giant on her turn. Just, it was, uh, it was bedlam. Um, so, <laughs> this, uh, yeah, I'm not sure quite what to think about this. <laughs> um, I will say, um, based off of something something she said, um, I don't remember the second part of it, but I do remember she name dropped um, Hecaton, like in the name of like King Hecaton or like in the bloodline of King Hecaton. It was like l- one of those two. I think it was bloodline of Hecaton. Um, and then she just proceeded to whoop ass. So I, I don't know what to make of this. Honestly, it it's certainly out of left field. It's it's not like oh shit, she's a like it's like an oh shit, glad she's on our side kind of deal. Well, yeah, that's obviously true. But so um, so considering we survived the fight. Is this going to be a secret we have to keep? Does anybody else know about this? I um, don't know. Is she the missing queen? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, now, do I think that's the case? Probably not. Um, but, wow. Uh, this is, I mean... Uh, an NPC we've been dealing with for, uh, well, since the beginning. Yeah, basically since the beginning. And uh, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, Storm Giant. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty radical. I, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. Um, I'm going to say she's a daughter of King Hecaton. No mm. idea. At no, no. That's probably a good evidence. guess. No, nothing to prove it. Just intuition is she's a daughter of King Hecaton. That is a good guess. I'll buy that for, for a silver note. Yeah. Um, interesting, but yeah. So anyway, we had, uh, quite the disruption. So the, I'm not, I'm not prepared to say the battle has swung our direction. (laughs) I am prepared to say now that it doesn't look quite so hopeless. Yep. I think we came out of this seeing how much damage Bubbas was doing, and I heard Winifred, Winifred specifically say, and I'm like, well, there's our win con, and I think everyone just agreed, like, yep, Bubbas is our way out of this, and then Trowleth 
pulls out a trump card and blows away everyone's mind and blows away the body of an ogre. <laughs> yeah, um, that that was very interesting. So, um, anyway, uh, what else? We we only got through one round of combat, and it was just past time. So, yep. uh, in the interest of any further combat, also making sure that uh, everyone was present for what could potentially be character ending. Um, we just kind of stopped where we were. I don't think we were getting through it in one more round anyway. <laughs> no. Uh, um, like this battle, like the, the leading up to the battle and like the, the storytelling and everything, we had like 15 minutes till time. And I'm just like, what is Teddy doing? I'm like, there's 15 minutes left and he's dropping like, the next story in our lap. Like, I thought it was just going to be like, okay, here's battle. And like, we'll call it for the night. And then he says like, roll initiative and we're taking our initiative and we're taking our turns. And I'm sitting here going like, we're doing an actual round of combat after time. I'm like, what's going on? I mean, like I'm grateful for it. And I'm like, this is awesome. But like what I didn't, I guess he just wanted to get the first round off and have that big surprise revealed for us. But man, I like, we went past time and I'm like, this is awesome. Well, it's, it's also, uh, I'm glad that we did the first round because now I can at least see more clearly the, the situation that we're in and yes. try to, uh, have it on the back burner of my mind while I'm running through the rest of my week. Yes. That being said, um, my own personal thoughts, on seeing the battlefield and where we've um, left off, I'm fairly confident that if you do decide to plug the hole of Drow coming in, you will probably get support from Prue and Portia. And I think the three of you can very effectively wipe out that hole. And it's just going to have to be up to Winifred, myself, and Lars to deal with the bigger, badder guys, along with um, Captain Trowlith. I think it's, I think it's possible if we kind of like put all our eggs in one basket, so to say, and like Bardic inspirations from Lars, advantage from Winifred, and me with a couple divine smites. I think it's possible, but I, I'm seeing light at the end of the tunnel. But right now, I'm just like. Ugh. Like I might have to use a bonus action to drink a potion or I might just give up my action to get the full benefit of the potion because I'm only three points above half. So I'm not looking all that good. I, either way, I'm going to use a bonus or an action to do a heal of some sort. Well, here's a, here's a fun thought for you. This is just our local combat. The entire city is still under siege. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so this isn't necessarily the end of, uh, our little alley fight may not necessarily be the end of the combat we see. Uh, you're right. So, uh, anyway, that's um, that was uh, that was a good session. Had uh, quite a bit happen, uh, especially late, but um, got through some um, RP stuff and. Um, bookkeeping stuff at the beginning that was all necessary. So, um, uh, anything else that, um, you think we need to cover? Um, is it time for the cantrip report? Um, it, I don't have any music queued. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think that's fine. Um, unless you want to quickly queue up some music and I'll stall for time. But, um, I don't, we had that one turn of combat, and I think that's the only turn of combat throughout the whole session. Yes, um, and I did not use Toll the Dead, which is why I didn't no. cue any music. Yep, that's uh, perfectly fine and fair. Um, your, what was it, 29% still stays the same for Toll the Dead? Yes, 7 for 24, so roughly 29%. Well, you've had some time to use um, Toll the Dead. I think you've been using it since first level. I just got cantrips, so my cantrips are currently one hit and zero misses with green flame, bla green flame blade. 
Um, those certainly, those numbers will certainly escalate because every melee attack is going to be a green flame blade attack from now forward. And I've used Eldritch Blast three times in total, all being a hit. So right now it's looking good for me. 100% across the board, but I don't think it'll stay like that for long. Well, that's good. Um, so the, uh, the only reason I actually started keeping track is because my um, I'm supposed to be landing this spell barring bonuses but I started out being 60% now 65% of the time and I'm still sub 30 <laughs> which I find to be funny so uh, that's the only reason I really started keeping track um, I do like this song by the way good one I could never play it on Guitar Hero no. Not, not even on easy, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, the real cantrip report is told the dead. That's what we're all looking forward to. My my cantrips are just for fun. Uh, so, uh, is there anything else that we need to cover from last night? I don't believe so. I think that pretty much. Is everything accounted for? Well, once again, uh, thanks for helping me do the recap. It's always uh, a lot of fun getting together and chatting about this stuff. So, yeah. Cat, um, have a good rest of your weekend, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you Friday and when Teddy comes on, and hopefully, some of the other cast can make it as well. Yep, it will be um, as of right now, it's Friday at 4 30 p.m. Mountain. All right, man. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.